education, leadership, and beyond, surviving and thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and it is show number 239, March 14th, 2023. Good afternoon, wherever you are coming to us. We are live here on Facebook, proud member of the Education Podcast Network, Voice at Radio Canada, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you are taking podcasts in. Thank you so much for tuning in. It was a snow day here in New York, so it was nice to be home. I'm in a T-shirt, no tie today, uh, no shaving today, so uh, it was all good. But we do have a show today, show number 239. Happy to have uh, Darren Peppered on the show. Darren uh, is doing uh, a number of different things. He's becoming a fast friend uh, and just seems to have a lot of similarities, right, Uh, of me, uh, principal, not retired, Darren. Recovering principal, <laughs> and uh, but a lot of energy, a lot of positivity, a lot of creativity. Looking forward to talking to Darren here uh, today on the show and uh, getting to know him better. Today's sponsor of the show is the World Education Summit. Darren, I'm gonna have to introduce you to some people there. Uh, what a cool deal! It's coming up here, March 20th to the 23rd. Check out the World Ed Summit. You could just Google that, and it'll pop up March 20th to the 23rd. Over 400 speakers over the course of three days. Huge uh, headline speakers, and uh, I'm happy to be just be a part of it. It's my second year involved with them. But when you hear global speakers, right, to be part of a global event, uh, to grow your, your education, to grow yourself, uh, it does feel really good. So I'm excited about that. Again, check out World Ed Summit. Uh, I think it's .org, but you just Google it. It'll come up. And uh Come join us. You get the recordings for a whole year. Uh, you know, if you can't be there, obviously three days in a row is a long time. Uh, but check that out, World Ed Summit. Road to awesome. I can't wait to hear Darren's story and, and that, that mindset. Um, but I just love, I love it. Road to awesome, right? It's not be awesome. I'm awesome. It's the road, right? You're on a journey. So you leaders that are listening, educators that are listening, I ask you as you're going down that road, Number one, where is it that you are going? Number two, how are you getting there, right? How are you traveling down that road? Uh, and then what are you doing this, uh, What are you doing to help you keep putting one foot forward in, in front of the other? We're on a marathon. It's not a sprint, and you have to continue down your road to awesome. Uh, we're not getting any younger, right? And uh, the more things that come at us, you know, certainly can take chinks out of the armor. But I urge you, and I continue to, uh, uh, you know, push you, inspire you to take care of yourself on that road to awesome. Okay. Uh, let's get rolling. Let's bring Darren in here and uh, welcome him to Education, Leadership and Beyond. Darren from Omaha, Nebraska, coming to us live. Welcome. Hey, man. How you doing? I am doing fantastic. How about you? Oh, man, I'm doing well. I mean, I, I don't have a snow day. Uh, we actually have a little bit of sunshine, man. We're finally, finally, I think, going to break out of this this incredible grasp that winter has had on us. So uh, you, you, a little you bit of get sunshine. Ready for the, uh, you got to get ready for the Baseball World Series out there in Omaha. You better get that sunshine. Uh, that's right, man. I know. I know. We need to dry some things out, man. We got a lot of snow still. <laughs> Uh, this is Darren Pepper. Darren, welcome to the program. And let's start right there. Let's start with Road to Awesome. Tell me yep. where did that concept come? How did you develop that? And yeah. uh, what is your Road to Awesome? You know, it's it's such a cool story. Um, 
when uh, when I first became a school administrator. So I, I was a classroom teacher for 11 years. I taught middle school. I taught high school and became a, a high school administrator. And I was in charge of discipline and attendance. So, I mean, this is like, you know, that moment when people should feel sorry for me. Right. But um, what uh, what I discovered was, man, we were really good at being negative. We were really good at catching people doing things wrong. And, uh, you know, there was just this moment in time where, you know, I describe it as two roads diverging right in front of me, you know, right out of Robert Frost's uh, famous poem. But we we're in the staff meeting. We're like trying to figure out how to solve hats and cell phones, you know, that really important stuff. And sure enough, you know, somebody asked a question, why is it always got to be about what to do wrong? Why can't it be about what to do right? And for me, that was like, boom, a second road. By the way, folks, Andrew's having some issues with his internet. I'm just going to continue to talk. I know he's going to be back. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Hey, the joys of the joys of live streaming, right? Um, but that started the road to awesome right there, folks. It was all about like, why, why should I stay on this road where all I'm doing is focus on catching kids doing things wrong. I mean, and I was good at it too. Um, I hate that I was, I'm embarrassed that I was, but I was good at it. Why not just stay, stay on this, this other road, you know, let's take this road that, you know, we're going to look for the things that people are doing right. We're going to focus on the positives, the good things that are happening in our school, the good things that are happening in our community. And ultimately to me, that became that became the road to awesome. See, folks, I told you he'd be back. You just got to be patient <laughs> with Andrew right now. He's, you know, got that got that New York internet going on right now, man. But uh, we got so I just I just out here, yeah, Darren. Sorry, about I know, that. I know. That's all. That's all right, man. I just I just got through kind of the the origin of of uh, where where the road to awesome came from. So you're you're gonna have to go back and watch the tape to hear the story, man. But uh, um, you know what? What it's about, I mean, at this point in time, I mean, it's so much more than just a moment in time when it's, hey, why is it always got to be about what to do wrong? To me now, I mean, it's a philosophy. It's, it's, I mean, it's who I am. It's how I, how I lead my life. And I mean, it's, it's also the name of all three of my books. I have a children's book, you know, Road to Awesome Journey for Kids that I co that I co-authored with uh, Jillian Du Bois, who was, who was the illustrator's beautiful little book. Um my first book, Road to Awesome, Empower, Lead, Change, came. Um, and then my newest one, Road to Awesome, The Journey of a Leader, which is this guy right here. Um, it's the name of our business. Um, I mean, it's it's all of it, you know. But, but here's the thing. It came back to a moment in time when um, I was actually working with uh, one, one of my favorite hires of all time. I hired a guy named Bradley Skinner, one of the best followers you can have on, on social media too, an absolute, absolute rock star. But Bradley and I were talking about, um, about this work and neither one of us can really remember who kind of coined the phrase road to awesome, but it came from Andrew, you remember those those kid president videos? You know, that that, that yeah. little guy, he wore a mm -hmm. suit, you know, all this kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Well, he's got one where he's like, hey, this is a pep talk for you. And he starts to quote um, uh, Robert Frost's poem. And he's like, two roads diverged in a wood. And I took the road less traveled by. And then he goes off on this tangent, like, and it hurt rocks and thorns. And he's like, but what if there really are two roads? I want to be on the one that leads to awesome. And that is like where the actual name Road to Awesome came from. But wow. but you hit it really well in your in, in your intro, man. Man, we're all traveling a journey. Why would you want to go in place that isn't awesome? You know, it, it's our own path. It's our own journey. Everybody's road looks different. But man, why not go someplace awesome, right? 
What a great, what a great story. And, and you put it into action. So clearly yeah. it changed you professionally, but how about on the, uh, on the personal side, Darren, what did it do for you personally when you walked out of there? Yeah, man, it, I'll be honest with you. It changed me. It changed me not only as a leader and as an educator, but as a human, um, when, when I first got to that school and, and I love that school with all my heart, um, I actually just, just found a picture just the other day of, uh, of one of my leadership teams when I was principal there and just shared it on Facebook. I'm like, man, I love this team, dream team. I love, I love Rock Springs high school with all my heart. That's part of why I know we'll talk about the recovering high school principal thing in a bit. But when I first got there, you know, I mean, you know this, right? I mean, we're taught as leaders, you know, be a servant leader. And I was asking my staff, you know, how can I serve you? How can I serve you? And, and Andrew, it was things like, just make them sit down and shut up, you know, make them remember that I have the big desk and they have the little desk. And, and I went like hook, line and seeker on that. I was all in. And in that moment when it was, Hey, you know, let's stop focusing on what they do wrong. Let's focus on what they do right. I had to change my own mindset. I mean, the, yeah. the only thing I can control, and this, this is a big, big piece right here, man. The number one thing we can control is the six inch space between our ears, our brain. And, you know, that means your mindset. And that meant for me, how am I going to show up? You know, I mean, I got to stop showing up and being the guy who's like trying to catch kids, you know, and racking up discipline referrals before the bell even rang. Instead, I started showing up at the front door. I just went and stood at the front door. Why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I be out there greeting kids and greeting parents and greeting students, you know, and greeting my staff? I started doing that. I started looking for the good things that were happening. You know, I mean, um, I think you know this about me, but uh, I'm a Jeep guy. There, there's my Jeep, bro. Um, actually, just rolled 100,000 miles. Um, before I bought that Jeep, I never saw Jeeps on the road. I mean, like ever. Now, everywhere I go, I see Jeeps. I mean, they're everywhere. And not just because I'm throwing the Jeep wave. Guys, give me. It's because I'm. Yeah. Oh, we do. We do. It's a Jeep thing. Yeah. You'll buy a Jeep. You'll figure it out. Um, but uh, when you are looking for something, you're going to find it. And what it did yeah. for me to circle back to your actual question is it, it got me to change what I was looking for instead of looking for all the bad things that were happening. Cause there were bad things happening, but, and, and we still had those things and we still had consequences and we still dealt with it. But man, all of a sudden it was, let's start reinforcing the good things we see. You know, let's start recognizing and rewarding those things and really calling attention to the great things people are doing because there were great things happening in our school. Nobody knew it because all we were doing was, you know, we were going to ding a kid or we were going to ding a teacher. So it, it really changed me just in terms of how, how I look at the world. You know, be, people tell me all the time, man, you do, you just, you just, you know, so positive about things. It's all about what you're looking for, man. Well, good for you for changing that and having that experience. And uh, I know the book, your company and all of that. Tell me about, uh, and is it, it's a re-release, right? You changed a little bit, but you- Oh, the second you, edition? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So tell me about that journey. I love the cover picture there. Show it again yeah. uh, for us there. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So right tell there. us about yeah. that concept about the, you know, the journey of a leader. So here's the thing, you know, when, when you do a book and then you get out, you know, kind of on the, on the speaking circuit, you are talking about it a lot, a lot, a lot, you know, and the, the key premise of, of both books really is what I found the six things that I thought were the most important for leaders, you know, for school leaders. And 
what I discovered over time, and of course, you know, we just went through, you know, a pandemic, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, there's a lot more pressure on leaders, a lot, lot more focus on leaders and, and a lot of leaders who, who are just new into the space because there's been so much leadership turnover. I started to reevaluate those six things that I felt were the most important in leadership. And, and I still kept four of them, but there were some modifications to it. So um, the more I, I spoke about it, the more I worked with schools, the more I, I coached other leaders around the country, it just became really, really clear. And, and one of those pieces, uh, and I think both books are wonderful books, don't, don't get me wrong, but the, the updated edition, um, I put in a focus on instructional leadership because I didn't talk about that in that first edition. And um, to me, that is so critical that as school level leaders, even as district level leaders, that we are intentional about being instructional leaders. And we can say it all we want. You know, oh yeah, I'm going to be an instructional leader, and you know, I do evaluations, and occasionally I do walkthroughs. Man, if you're not aligning your time, if you're not being clear, if you're not being intentional with your actions, with your communication, to really walk that walk and talk that talk, you're not really being the instructional leader. And yeah. so I talk in depth about that. Um, uh, in this particular book, I went into some pretty good detail too around some just some things that we did in that school to be really intentional about meeting the needs of our students, um, specifically around you know kind of that that adaptation of career and college ready. You know when that was first kind of becoming a thing, you know for us it became look let's we've got all this amazing data on what our kids are interested in. What if we could wrap our curriculum around programs that fit that and not just, mm. you know, oh, hey, we've got, you know, three welding classes. No, that's not wrapping your curriculum around it. I'm, I'm talking like full on immersive math, language arts, science and social studies wrapped around health occupations, wrapped around energy and natural resources, wrapped around, you know, fire and law and leadership. So I talk a lot about kind of how we went about developing that process and some of the outcomes. I had one of my, uh, one of my academy directors write uh, a piece in that chapter where is, is kind of his perspective, which, which is really, really cool. Um, and, and then the other piece too was, uh, so, so let me tell you the four that, that are still common. So number one is culture and climate. Culture and climate is essential. Um, I will stand on the mountaintop and, and shout about building positive culture and climate forever. Number two, we got to love, support, and care for our educators, especially right now. We're losing them at, at, at an alarming rate. So I went a little bit more in depth in that one in the second edition. Um, number three, we got to empower and embrace our student voice, really, truly give our kids opportunities to be genuine leaders, to be genuine problem solvers in our community. Um, and then uh, the fourth one that, that was still in common was we've got to lead with a coaching mindset. We've got to we've got to give people the opportunity to grow and get better and and improve um, as a result of the work that we do. Fifth one, instructional leadership. I talked about. And then the sixth one is just really being the champion of our organization. Um, I talked in the first edition about um, really being the person to tell the story, but that's just a small fraction of being the champion of your organization. So I mean, I still talk about that, but. Uh, to me, this is like, and I think this is maybe the most powerful piece in the book, but as leaders, and you, you know this, I mean, you do this every day, you have to be situationally aware around when do I lead from the front, when do I lead from the middle, and when do I lead from the mm. back? 
And, you know, I really went heavy into, into those three pieces because I really feel like the best leaders can do that seamlessly. You know, um, when I first started, no chance. I, I, I was in the front all the time because I thought that's what I was supposed to do, right? Yeah. Over time, you know, you develop, you grow, and you learn. And then you understand, when do I need to be in front? When can I be in the middle? And when is it really a great opportunity for me to just leave from the back and let others do the work? Yeah. As we get more experience, as we get a little older, right? Uh, taking that step yeah. back and let, let some other people take the the load. Uh, Darren, you mentioned about coaching, right? And you're doing yeah. some work now, coaching and speaking. Um, in your coaching work, what are you seeing out of leaders? What are you seeing is a need uh, that's something that you focus on? And then also, where do you see them thriving? Where do you see some of the leaders yeah. uh, really shining? Yeah, I think right now, um, one of the biggest pieces that leaders need, the ones that, that I'm working with, the ones I'm talking with around the country, they just need to remember to take a little step up onto the balcony and like catch their breath and check in on themselves. Because mm -hmm. I think right now, especially with, you know, this additional push and pressure on, man, we got to, our kids have to catch up, you know, which I think is, I, I struggle with that. I, I don't, I don't believe that. I think all of our kids, you know, um, they learned something. They just didn't learn what was prescribed in our curriculum. You know, it doesn't mean that they're academically behind. It's just the way that we're measuring them. So there's a lot of pressure on, on leaders, I think, for that right now. And so they just get so in the work, you know, and, and obviously, you know, there's, you know, shortages of teachers, there's shortages of subs. I mean, there's all this work that's being put on our leaders and they aren't taking that time to just kind of step up on the balcony and just, catch the breath and then remember, Hey, what's important to me? You know I mean? That, that clarity as a leader is so important because if, if as a leader, you aren't clear on what truly matters on what you're truly focused on, what that true vision of your, your school or your organization looks like, there's no way anybody else has clarity because if you don't, there's no chance. Right. So getting up there and just kind of gathering themselves, be real clear about what matters. And then aligning what they do with that. So being intentional about their use of time, their use of, um, of their calendar, you know, be intentional with their, with their communication, you know, oral communication, written communication, listening, the biggest overlooked communication skill, I think in leadership. Um, I think those are those, those big things, just <sighs> being a leader and stop being a firefighter. Oh my gosh. There's so many leaders right now that are just running around putting out fires and, you know, they're, they're throwing everything they can at it. And they've just got to remember, take a little pause, you know, check in on yourself, you know, and make sure that you're leading in a way that aligns with what you truly believe in. As far as where people are thriving, I think so many leaders right now are doing everything they can think of to try and support their staff. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously going through through what we're going through in education and having the challenges we're having around staffing, people are realizing, man, we really got to take care of our people. Yeah. Um, and, and the ones who are doing it well, they're, they really are, they're thriving in that area. I mean, I think a lot more people are starting to understand that when you are losing teachers at an alarming rate, that's that's mostly a reflection of your culture. You know, if, if you don't have their back, if you're not supporting them, if you're not 
being as that leader, being willing to be the one to kind of take a, you know, take some of those bullets, if you will, maybe that's not the right choice of words. Maybe it's, you know, more take the, you know, take the punches um, from, uh, you know, from everybody um, that are attacking our schools, you know, it's really kind of coming at us with, you know, uh, with, with false narratives and that kind of stuff. Those who are doing it well, they are deflecting those things. They are able to keep their teachers insulated and keep their teachers supported and let them know that, Hey, you're seen and you're heard and you're valued and you're trusted. And, you know, I've got you those. I, I see that from a lot, of, a lot of leaders right now, and they are doing a really good job of that. And, and that's critical because without that, that looming teacher shortage we keep hearing about is only going to get bigger. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great answer, Darren. Uh, if you're watching live, certainly jump in the show with a question or a comment. MPA Jaguar, shout out. Sounds like you got some friends there watching. And uh, Dory yeah, Marada. That's our, that's our guy, Darren. Josh Tovar. Yeah, there you go. Josh Tovar. Yeah. Nice. And my mom is watching. So shout out to uh, uh, mom. Yeah. Hi, mom. Yeah. Darren, um, in addition to the writing, coaching leaders, you know, you're a speaker. Tell, yep. tell us what, you know, how do you bring your audience in, right? You can't just walk up, grab the mic and start talking. Like what are some strategies right. that you use to help bring your audience in to yeah. really grasp their attention? Tell your stories, man. That's what, that's what people want to hear. You know, nobody wants to show up and listen to me talk about the six keys to, to successful leadership. They'll, they'll buy in and they will hear it if I connect them to the stories that support them. Um, I mean, Andrew, you, know, you and I were talking about this before you hit the record button and, and folks for the record, Andrew had my last name pronounced correctly from the start, but, um, you know, when, <laughs> you know, people will either get it wrong or it's Papard or it's this or it's that, but, um, but yeah, yeah. And there you go. And your mom just said it. So Dr. Pepper. So <laughs> I, I get that one all the time. People are, and it is Dr. <laughs> Pepper, by the way, but, but, um, like when I was in New York, you know, I mean, I opened that keynote with, with, you know, telling the story about, you know, some fifth graders coming in off the playground and um, you know, it's high Dr. Pepper and high Dr. Pepper and like the fifth or sixth kid just breaks into song and he's like, it's the sweet one. And I mean, and then the kid just like, is like ah, you know, just mortified that he did it. And I'm like, dude, that was so great. But people want to, people want to hear your stories. You know, I mean, it's, it's the same thing in, 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 you know, in our books, you know, and, and your books are this way too, you know, there's great content, but it's, it's delivered in a way that tells a powerful story. You know, when, when you're speaking and the same thing is true when you're writing to me, there's three goals, you know, number one is make people think, you know, number two is touch their heart. And number three Make them do something. I mean, like move them to do something, you know, feel compelled to do something. And that only happens, Andrew, through stories. I mean, that's to me, that's the bottom line. Yeah. And, you know, when you spend 26 years in public education, dude, I got stories. Oh, do I have stories? And you do too, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I know you were just in New York and, and uh, speaking yeah. in that. And um, Darren, back in 2016, though, uh, you were you know a, a principal and you won the uh, Wyoming Principal of the Year, uh, your home state there. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would you say? What are two to, two to three things that in your role as a leader that you know you did, right? I know there was a, it's a team, a lot of people, mm -hmm. right? I've all heard it, you know, but you won the award. So- 
you know, two to three things that you were doing or you felt that you brought to the table that helped contribute to you winning that award? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think <laughs> number one was I surrounded myself with some really great people. Um, yeah. you know, when, when I first became the principal, um, so it was a team of four and two of the assistant principals I inherited good guys. Don't get me wrong, but I inherited them. And a couple of years later, they both took principal, uh, principal positions. And then I had hired my team, you know, and actually had, you know, people around, around me and working with me that didn't just carry the same strengths that I had. Yeah. I was really intentional with who we hired to make sure that, you know, some, some strengths that I did not have we could get from, from those individuals. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned it just really, really casually in the road to awesome thing that I shared a, a, a photo, um, on Facebook, I think it was yesterday. And so Bradley Skinner, Annie Fletcher, Thomas Jasmine, that was my team at that time. Mm. And, oh my gosh, what a, what an incredible team because everybody brought unique strengths to the table. So that's number one was really surrounding myself with a great team. Um, number two was really leaning into, those things that I felt were important as a leader. Um, there wasn't a day that, that went by that I wasn't intentional about the culture of our school. You know, if I would put it on my calendar and, and sometimes it wasn't like I knew exactly what I would just put 20 minutes school culture. You know, if that meant, Hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go spend some time in our adaptive PE class playing basketball with, with our special needs kids, then that's what it's going to be. If, if that's, you know, I need to go spend a little bit of time down in the cafeteria with our cafeteria staff, just check in on them, see how they're doing, you know, have some conversation, whatever, whatever it was, you know, I was always very intentional with culture um, and then very intentional with that instructional leadership piece. Um, and I think that was just really huge because during that window of time, that was the, around the point in time. And I think this is a big part of where the award came from. Um, the U S department of education came and visited our school. We had Arnie Duncan in our building because wow. Wow. of the work that we had done with our, with our career academies. Um, two of his cabinet members spent a day and a half with us just wow. learning what we were doing to get kids into authentic learning experiences, um, which was fantastic. Um, so being intentional, I think, as that instructional leader, um, we also, in, in addition to that, um, first time in the history of school, and we did it three years in a row, we made the AP honor roll. I mean, we're just really, you know, being focused on growing and developing programs that, that made a difference for kids, you know? And then uh, number three, I'll tell you flat out, I was the champion of our, of our school. I was telling the story. I wasn't the only one, but we were telling our story. Um, we had gone through, uh, this massive project, um, <laughs> our school. Oh my. So our school was built in 1970. And if you walked in the front doors, before 2015, um, you would have seen just a bunch of boring tan walls. And, you know, I, I had a PD day one day. I just took everybody to the front door. I'm like, let's walk the front hallway. You know, tell me, tell me what story we're telling. And even all of them were like, this is bad. <laughs> we like tan brick. That's the story we're telling. And so all the visitors that would come in our school didn't know anything about us, you know? I was in schools all the time, you know, as a, I'm also a recovering dance dad. And I mean, with dance competitions all over the country and every school tells a story, but we weren't. So a group of, uh, a group of adults, a group of students, we just went to town on 
putting murals in our building that told our story. Mm. Um, and we had this huge mural wall that was, this is who our kids are when they're not at school. I mean, it was, it was all silhouettes and it was silhouettes of like um, a hockey player, a boxer, a skier, a musician. Um, that's who our kids are, you know? And, um, you know, things like, you know, really highlighting, um, our student council was heavily involved with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, our school and the, the other school in the county, the other big high school in the county, they'd raise a couple hundred thousand dollars a year in two weeks every year for Make-A-Wish Foundation. We splattered that all over the wall. We, we, we created a hall of fame and put that up and just, so we did a lot of work to really tell our story. And we wanted to make sure everybody knew that most importantly, we saw our kids for who they were, whether, whether that was when they were at school or when they weren't. And I think that again, that's just embracing that student voice. Um, that's embracing our adult voice. We had, we had some murals that a lot of our staff did. They're just like, Hey, I want to do this. Go for it. Make it happen. You know, um, students wanted to put quotes on the wall. Let's make it happen. And, you know, really giving that ownership of the school to everybody. I mean, that's being a leader. I wouldn't run around putting out fires. I mean, occasionally I was, but I mean, that's being a leader, you know, because then I talked about it earlier, but you talk about everybody owning that vision of the school, that purpose of the school. I mean, that's what that was. You know, I just lived it out loud like crazy and tried to get as many people. It's like, it's like I was the Pied Piper, you know, like, you know, and I wasn't leading rats out of town. I was leaving, I was leading, you know, kids and, and, and teachers to just take ownership of our school. And I think that's really what that came down to. Fantastic. What a cool story. How about now, Darren? How are you continuing to sharpen your saw, have that creative outlet, uh, you know, build content? and then make yourself the best self you can be when you go speak. Tell me about your creative process yeah. and sharpening your saw. Man, I tell you what, I read a lot. Um, I listen to so many podcasts. Um, you know, podcasts have become like one of my favorite, favorite mediums, and not just because I have one. Um, I mean, I now that I'm in the space, you know, doing the coaching and the speaking and, and running the publishing business, I'm learning, you know, the content development, portion of it. I'm learning the, uh, the business side of it. So, I mean, just listening to yeah. podcasts, reading great books, but also really staying focused on the leadership pieces and that kind of stuff. So it's, it is so much reading. And I mean, obviously I'm engaged in a lot of spaces on, on social media, but I'm not just sitting around, you know, on Twitter, on my phone. I mean, I, I'm really, really diving into, um, doing as much reading and uh, again, as many podcasts as I possibly can. I, I almost hardly ever listen to music anymore. I'm, I got podcasts going in my ears or I'm listening to a book. One of the two, man. Love it. All leaders are readers and you're, and you're modeling that. Yeah. Uh, Darren, let's get to rapid fire here to, to, to bring us sure. home. But before we, before we do that, what was one thing that maybe uh, I did not ask you that you wanted to talk about? Um. So we didn't talk about the publishing piece. So I, I will say this, uh, you know, in, in December of 20, uh, we launched uh, Road Awesome also as a publishing company. Um, I think we're probably later this week or early next week, we'll be releasing our 14th book. Um, wow. We've got some amazing authors that we've been able to work with, you know, both in the children's, uh, children's book space and then also in the adult book space. Um, I mean, obviously mine was the last one we released, but right before that, 
an amazing book uh, from uh, Bobby Policino called uh, The Principal Leader. Um, uh, the one we have coming out uh, here in just the next couple of days from Crystal Fromer, who is a math teacher in Texas. And it's um, when calling parents isn't your calling. And it's a guidebook <laughs> for how you communicate with parents in wow. all different situations. It's a brilliant book. And, uh, and just so many other amazing books that uh, that we've been that we've been able to be a part of and that people come to us and, you know, they trust us with, you know, with with something that they're really proud of. And we work really hard right here in house to take care of that. That's, it, it's just such an interesting deal. I mean, we are a family business, 100%. The, the book side of the, the business is my wife, Jessica. She's the editor. She's the art director. Um, I mean, she is the, the true creative in the group and actually our daughter um, who, who has a, a full-time job anyway, uh, but has a business degree. So because we paid for that, uh, she is also our email marketer and our webmaster. So, I mean, that's road awesome. That's, that's, that's like the entire crew. It's a 100% family business. So um, yeah, the publishing piece is really cool. We've got some amazing books coming down the road. Um, we're really, really excited about just continuing to see the growth with that. It's good stuff. Good for you, man. And, and modeling that awesome and, and, just writing and reading and bringing books out. I would definitely, uh, I want you to connect me with your math teacher. That's cool. Cause parent, teachers need to oh, yeah, absolutely. Call yeah. You need, you need to have crystal on. Cause that is, <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness. It's so good. It is so good. I'm, I'm not saying that cause we're publishing it. I would say yeah, it yeah, yeah. no matter who did it. It is so good. Yeah. It's fantastic. So cool. All right, let's go rapid fire. Darren, these are quick answers. First thing that pops in your head, you mentioned reading. So the last book you read, <clears throat> Who I am right now reading Content Inc. from Joe Palizzi. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal book. But the most recent one I finished, um, whew, uh, I'll, I'll, st I'll stay educational, uh, Leadership, Right Leader, Right Time by Robert Jordan. Phenomenal, phenomenal book for four different leadership styles. Where do you fall? It's, it's such a good book. Last movie you saw. Uh, just watched, uh, the new Top Gun, uh, for the first time. Um, so good, yeah, there right? you go. And it was so good. <laughs> so good. Favorite dish. Oh my goodness. Um, man, it all depends on my mood, but I'll tell you what, pizza, I, I could eat pizza every single day of the week, maybe even twice. Uh, <laughs> I just love pizza. I mean, cause you can do breakfast pizza, which is totally different, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Favorite place to travel? You've been traveling all over the country now. Oh. You were just here in New York. Where do you like most? Orlando, Florida, man. I am. Uh, I'll tell you what. I have so many amazing memories with my daughter uh, at uh, at Disney World. You know, and so many of the different and uh, so many of the different parks. We've probably been together. I don't know, fifteen, sixteen times, and we're wow. due. We we haven't gone uh, since. Let's see. She graduated from college in May of 21. We were there in May of 21. So that's the last time I was wow. there. I need to get back. I haven't been there get since back. Star Wars World opened. So wow. I got to get back. Wow. Very cool. Larry Dake, a shout out. He's recommended some pizza from yeah. Staten Island. Uh, what Larry, advice I got to come have give... pizza with you, man. What advice would you give to a new principal? Oh, don't forget to breathe. Um, no, I, I would, I would say this. Um, Remember who sat in the chair when you interviewed. Mm. Remember who answered the phone when they called to offer the job. And remember who said yes. Because so many times 
and I fell into this trap too. We just like, I got to be Superman. I have to be everything to everybody. No, you don't. You know, if Darren Pepper sat in the interview chair and Darren Pepper answered the phone and Darren Pepper said, yes, you need to go be Darren Pepper. Don't be Superman. The best school leaders are the best because fill in the blank. Uh, Because they have great clarity and they are intentional about what they do. If, if we're intentional connected to the things that we care about can be a great school leader, a journal or a blog you subscribe to. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, Seth, Seth Godin's blog, uh, every single morning, there it is, you know, my first sip of coffee or of coffee, Seth Godin. There's a whole bunch more, but I'll just go right to that one because that starts my day every day. Speaking of coffee at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, I feel fill in the blank. Energized, man. Energized. Love the weekends. Love it. Best purchase. I'm I'm that way on a Tuesday, though, man. I mean, seriously, (laughs) I am that way. I mean, if it's it could be fill in the blank day. I don't care. 8 a.m. I'm energized. I'm ready to go. Let's get after it. I love it. Best purchase under a hundred bucks that has had a great impact on your life. Man, you know, I, I knew this question was coming and I still don't have a good answer for that. Um, I'm going to say, Oh, I know what I'm going to say. Um, I'll go to a book. Um, Gary Keller, the one thing, probably that one or John Gordon energy bus, both easily under a hundred bucks, both game changers. I like that vest too. I think that vest was under a hundred. Yeah, about <laughs> yeah. That, huh? it wasn't. Road to awesome. Yeah, I look good. Uh, favorite part or favorite activity in the Jeep? Oh man, you know, so tops and doors are off, and anywhere off the road uh, because mm-hmm. we're we're gonna crawl, we're gonna climb, whether it's rock or mud, we're gonna we're gonna get after it, and we're gonna have a good time. As long as, as long as my wife's in the passenger seat and we got the tops and doors off, anywhere in the Jeep's a good place to be. Awesome. Best takeaway from this show for our guests. Man, you know, I, I could just go real simply with, you know, how how fluidly and smoothly, you know, you lost your internet and came right back in and you just kept rocking and rolling. But um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go right at, you know, at at something that you said after I was talking about uh talking about books and and podcasts and that kind of stuff. Leaders are readers. And if you're not putting in the time to, you know, to spend to spend doing that professional reading. And, and it doesn't always have to be specific in your professional space. I mean, like for me, I've got this big spectrum uh, of different stuff that I'm reading and I'm listening to, but you gotta, you gotta feed your brain. You gotta feed your soul. And so you saying that, you know, the best leaders are readers. That's the biggest takeaway for me in the show. It can't be something I say. I'm going to ask me you. Nice. Thank you. One thing you're curious about. Oh, I am really curious to see how the next couple of years in school leadership play out. Um, and, and here's why I say that. I really feel like um, coming out of the, the pandemic time, we had, we had a, a large portion, not huge, but a pretty large portion of school districts that um, either superintendents left because they retired or just simply boards moved on because they were the face of COVID or, or whatever the case may be. 
um, at the principal level, at the at the district level, a lot of leaders have moved moved on to something else. I mean, you know, look at look at like something I'm doing, or people have just retired or just completely changed careers. And to me, it's created, and I guess this isn't just a to me, this is just the statement of fact. There's kind of this leadership vacuum that has been created. And not that there aren't people to fill the roles. There are, but people are moving through the leadership pipeline so rapidly right now. And it's going to be interesting to see how, how that plays out in the long run. Because, you know, when, I don't know if what it was like for you, but when, when I first became a principal, once I got my feet on the ground, it was about growing other leaders. But so many people now are stepping into the roles and they're not prepared to grow other leaders because maybe they never did any of the assistant principal or the dean or the instructional coach or those types of things. Um, I just think it's going to be really interesting because it's going to have a trickle down effect on, on that teacher shortage because people are going to jump into the leadership pipeline. There's no question about that. So I'm just really curious to see what, what that does for school leadership in the next probably three to five years. Yeah. Well, and that's why the importance on coaching is so important that we have yeah. people that with experience that can coach these leaders along. Yeah. hundred percent. For sure. Uh, Darren, we got your information scrolling on the bottom, but what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Right there. Just, just, Right there. Uh, road to awesome.net. Uh, if you go on the website, um, absolutely everything on there, uh, every page has a contact us page. So, I mean, you can, you can hit us a hundred different ways for, for connections there, learn everything about what we're doing uh, here at road to awesome. And then on social media, um, you've got me there on Twitter at, at Darren and peppered everything on social media. I'm at Darren and peppered. That's easily the best way to get in touch with me. I mean, I, I'd love to visit with people. I'd love to talk leadership. I mean, this was a great conversation. I'm so glad we had a chance to do it. And yeah, just reach out to me either at the website or, or hit me on social media. Darren, bring us home with a quote, something near and dear to your heart. <sighs> yeah. So, um, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about coaching um, and, and I'm going to say this, um, every one of us, is uh, is uniquely positioned to help the person we once were. And uh, it's it's one of my favorite quotes. Uh, the guy's name just jumped right out of my head. So if it comes back to me in the next minute or two, I'll tell you who it is. Um, it's actually um, it's actually in my book. Um, but we are uniquely positioned to help the person we once were. I look back at who I was as a first year principal and I was the guy breathing through a snorkel or even worse wearing scuba gear. Cause my head was so far below the water and you know, that whole Superman syndrome thing that I talked about, but because I have lived that and, and similar as a superintendent, because I have lived that, I feel like that's why I'm in a great position to be able to help so many others. So um, that's, that's one of my favorite quotes. I'd probably give you a hundred other ones, but to me, that's a big one. Great stuff. Great ending here. Darren Peppered, everybody. Darren, congratulations on all the, uh, the great things that are happening, the publishing, the, the book, the speaking. Uh, got some friends here. Thank Michelle you. O from New York, Larry Dake, and certainly yeah. the Jaguars here watching. So right. um, we appreciate right them tuning yeah. in. Big shout Darren, out to, uh, to Larry, to Michelle, and to Josh. That's good stuff. 
keep going down that road to awesome. Uh, keep inspiring. Keep leading. Keep creating. Thanks, right. So important. So this is Darren Peppard, everyone. Again, at Darren M. Peppard on Twitter. I am at Andrew Murata 21 on uh, Twitter. If either one of us can help you, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, and we will do that. Keep surviving and thriving, friends. Darren, we appreciate you. Hey, right on, man. Everybody, hey, just go out there. Have a road awesome day. Darren, stay on the line, buddy. Here we go. Thank you.